Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Mr. Goblin, Sam, is because uh, he was a performer on our February 29th, 2020 uh, 12-hour live show at the Wonderland Ballroom in Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, it was our last live show of 2020 due to the global pandemic. So for the month of March, I am reconnecting with most everyone that was involved with that show. Mr. Goblin has a brand new record. It came out in February of 2021. Uh, The link to buy that record is in this podcast description. Uh, They also have some shirts available. I just bought one myself. Um, Highly recommend. It's a great, great, great design. Something I'm also highly recommending is our Patreon account. You could now donate to us. Uh, This is how we fund everything. So um, any money you could donate would be wonderful. There's lots of different tiers. Uh, and there's lots of different podcasts where we've done. We've done over 700 episodes of the show. More than 13 years of content is available for you to go down a podcast spiral. Here's the show. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a rainy day here in the Midwest. Yeah, where are you? But I'm in Indiana. Did you move? I moved. Yeah. Does that disqualify me from being no, on this podcast? You were literally. <laughs> so the last person I just talked to, I opened with, did you move? And she was one of the people that didn't move. You literally half of the guests from that show have moved. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's uh, jumping ship. So why are you in, um, and I mean this with, with complete sincerity, why are you in the worst state in the union? <laughs> I keep hearing that. Um, I, yeah, my partner, um, I, well, I live in Bloomington. Um, okay. So you're in like one of the okay places in Indiana. Well, you know, according to the, uh, haughty East coast elite. Oh no, I'm from Chicago. So fuck you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, yeah, but she, uh, she went to school there and um you know had a bunch of friends down there and uh, yeah we were both just sort of like spinning our wheels in dc working remotely and i had never lived anywhere outside of maryland or dc so um it just seemed like a good time to try something else um, but yeah so here we are um how, are you enjoying it w- w- number one when did you move from washington dc to bloomington indiana like september um so you wanted yeah. to get there right before the numbers spiked. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to. It was like really, really tame when we got here, and we wanted to be sure that we could just experience the the wash of COVID over everyone around us and before, <laughs> all over again. Before we go any further, I want to make it very clear that I adore people in and from Indiana, specifically Indianapolis. And you're in the only mm-hmm. other part of the state that makes sense. And I have a lot of good friends that are from Indiana, um, Gary, Valpo, et cetera. But overall as a state, the worst state in the union. I just want to make there's, – there's no reason to be in Indiana unless you have a good set of friends. So I'm, a, I'm really hoping your partner has a good set of friends there. <laughs> she, what, what Can I ask what your – because I, you know, I mean, I, and I, I have my issues with, you know, the state I live in currently, but, um, what, what is your boggle? What's okay. your beef? So with- what, there's a, there's a handful of reasons to live anywhere if you don't have, um, ties there. Right. So number uh-huh. one, is there a weather reason to live in Indiana? Does it have nice weather? Um, 
not particularly, but it's not like where I am. I mean, in Southern Indiana, it's not mm-hmm. too much different than like DC, maybe a little more snow. But, okay, great. Is uh, there, a, is, there uh, is there a lot of beautiful nature? Kind of actually nope. more than you would think. Nope. It's just cause it's different nope. to you. Nope. It's just cause it's different to you. If you want every state <laughs> around you is the better. Okay. Also, um, you're the governor's horrible and, uh, you don't have Pence without, uh, Indiana and you, I, I think you could actually posit that you don't have Trump without Pence because it, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, Indiana is the worst. You don't even All have right. a baseball team. We, no, no, you don't. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Well, you make a compelling case and, um, it's funny. I'm I'm usually the one arguing that Indiana sucks, but um, to hear somebody else do it, I feel like I need to defend. Now there are good schools. Like you're in a college, <laughs> right. you're in a cool college town. But like to me, right. Notre Dame is emblematic of everything wrong about college, and they're the most well known university in Indiana. More than IU, you'd no, say? Yeah, for sure. The thing, the fucking Rudy matters. <laughs> It's horrible. I hate the ethos of Notre Dame. I hate the people that like Notre Dame. The one guy I knew that went to college at Notre Dame uh, got married to someone he didn't want to get married to, and then the last time I saw him literally ran out of the restaurant before we had to pay the bill at a friend's bachelor party. And then he met up with us again an hour later, like nothing had happened. I mean, that's kind of dope, though. You that's, know, that's Indiana. Like, that's Notre Dame football, baby. That's ten points for Indiana right there. I think South Bend's kind of cool, and um, you know, Terre Haute is kind of cool. Do you love Larry Bird? <laughs> uh, I do, kind of. Okay, I like then the, that's fine. The, there's a statue of him. Um, I like the statue better than I like Larry Bird, but, um, yeah. Okay, so, oh, man. You're one of the few new people I met on February 29th, 2020, and you this is only the second time i'm talking to you so um how has your year been <laughs> um yeah i mean it's uh i just anytime anyone asks me that i just completely blank out like my mind just leaves my body <laughs> i don't know i don't know really um you know i mean I think the baseline is like suffering. I mean, everybody's just not well, having a great year. You and your partner moved while you were both working remotely. Are you still working remotely in that same position? No. Now I work in person. Um, in yeah. Okay. So. Is that good or bad? It's good. I like my job. Um, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you vaccinated? Uh, I am vaccinated. Actually, I am very happy for you, and that's complete sincerity. Yeah, thank you. Is yeah. your partner vaccinated? No. Okay. So it's it's not like you're free and fun and fancy free or whatever. Uh, you're still, I'm assuming, living cautiously, but you are the one that moved to Indiana in a pandemic, so maybe that was a loaded question. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm still, I, not a whole lot about my, like, day-to-day has changed. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's definitely a load off to know that, like, I'm, you know, Teflon now. I just feel like, you know, I'm like John Wick, basically going to the grocery store, just like, yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's that's the guy you want to be, the guy whose um, wife and and dog were brutally murdered. 
<laughs> wasn't the, the part of his character that I was trying to invoke, but that's true. That did happen. That's the prep. That that's the, what sets everything in motion. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what makes that movie. I just watched it recently. This is why I've got John Wick on the mind. Um, I don't know. I don't watch a whole lot of action movies, so mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, this is just like a video game." Yeah, it's cool. Where his dog dies at the beginning. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a fan. Okay, you there? You have dropped. I mean, okay, hold yeah, on, really quick. I like Keanu Reeves. You really, you dropped for like fifteen Hello? seconds. You're there. Oh, sorry. No, no, don't apologize. You're great. You dropped for like fifteen yes. seconds. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Um, yeah, is Keanu Reeves the most likable uh, working male actor? I think he might be. Yeah, you know? I, I, do I mean, too. he's like totally without. He's like without irony, um, and that's that's really fun, especially for like that kind of role. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of have to be just like straight faced, like no sense of humor, no real depth, um, just like a you know, all about the code. It's all about like the man code. <laughs> but he, but as an actor, he clearly has a ton of depth, and he's like the same year he's doing John Wick for the billionth time. He's also doing the Bill and Ted three and he's got a cameo in the new SpongeBob movie. Like he gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He does. I mean, I guess he does have a lot of, I haven't seen a whole lot of his non action or river's edge movies. But, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's, he's been in a whole lot of like dramas, like really serious kind of gritty kind of roles. And um, yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, I think he's, I don't know. It always makes a movie like at least twice as attractive if Keanu Reeves is is in it, and he doesn't like take over. You know, he's not like Bill Murray or somebody mm-hmm. where it's like, like suddenly a Keanu Reeves movie, but like it's like a nice little seasoning. Yeah, nice little Keanu seasoning. Um, I like that we're almost ten minutes in and we have yet to talk about what you actually do. I loved your performance on the 29th of February of twenty twenty. Um, you were the only singer songwriter we had on the show that day. The other musicians were uh, very loud bands who I also enjoyed, but I really dig your stuff. And I'm wondering if uh, for what you do, does the pandemic even matter? Because there's nothing preventing you from writing and recording new stuff. Yeah, it kind of, I mean, it does, you know, um, you asked me how it was going and mm-hmm. um, in general. And I mean, I think in a lot of ways I'm, I'm just like fucking flying compared to many people, obviously, but, um, but yeah, in terms of like the music stuff, it kind of didn't change a whole lot. You know, I can still write and record and, um, you know, work stuff out alone and, and even do like this stupid little, like, you know, live stream things that have really kind of lost their charm. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, and I even made, you know, I made a record um, during the pandemic in Chicago with my friend, and, um, you know, it's more kind of live band stuff, but, um, and that came out recently, so I can, you know, it's it's nice to kind of, like, be fluid and have the option of doing, uh, you know, louder stuff or, or quieter stuff, mm-hmm. and, yeah, it doesn't have a whole lot of bearing on, like, my writing process or anything like that. It doesn't, like, I feel so bad for, like, bands that or 
you know, require every member, you know, <laughs> it's like such a just slap in the face. And especially if you're just getting started or just getting momentum, just to be like totally squashed, like for a year, you know, it's just terrible. May I ask your age? I'm 29. Do you think that this would have been worse if you were, say, 22? Worse. Um, the pandemic. Do you think you would have been dealing with it in a in the same way, or do you think that because you were closer to 30 than 20, you have a weird leg up? Um, I think... I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I feel like... I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I was an idiot, just an idiot, when I was... 22 um and i i as much as i would like to believe that i would be like responsible and like follow guidelines and stuff i'm not sure that that would have been the case exactly um, so i've yeah i think it's entirely possible i would have just been kind of like fucking off and like doing whatever i did when i was 22 which was nothing particularly good um, so uh, yeah in some ways i you know more responsible now i hope and um you know which is limiting obviously in terms of what you can do, but I feel, I think there would be, and I think a lot of these kids are going to have to live with a lot of guilt around just this whole period. And I don't oh, know. The, I don't know. I don't know what the fallout is going to look like, um, you know, as things kind of ease open and hopefully it sort of comes to a close this whole thing. But um, yeah, I would think, I think for me that would have been the case. Do you think, I mean, what about for you if you were I don't think I'd have any know. guilt if I was twenty two hmm. about anything. I still don't feel guilty about anything, but I've been I'm thirty eight with a kid. There's a huge difference between twenty nine with a partner and thirty eight with a kid and a wife. You know what I mean? Like mm. that's completely changed my behavior and not in a fun way. <laughs> in like a very strict, boring <laughs> like <laughs> fall, like where I'm double masking now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Oh, I'm not saying that to like is a woe is me. It's just like, well, it's not worth risking my kids anything. So fuck it. It's not, I'm not doing it. And am I, if I'm 22 and I'm living where I used to live when I was 22 and I'm not seeing pretty much anyone at risk, like, fuck it. I might be going out every night, just not indoors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you recorded the album in the summer of 2020 in Chicago and you did it in Bridgeport. And for those that don't know, Bridgeport is where the the White Sox play. And it's also one of the most, I'd say, tense neighborhoods in Chicago because it's full of a lot of old school cop families. And it's surrounded by a lot of non-white families. And um, Steve James, uh, the wonderful documentary documentarian that made uh, Hoop Dreams, did a, a series called City So Real. And there's a good chunk of it spread in Bridgeport in the summer of 2020, just showcasing the racial tensions between, um, I think it's fair to say, uh, racist white dudes and uh, mm-hmm. others. So did you <laughs> notice any of that when you were recording your album there? That's really interesting. Um, you said it was called Surreal what? City So Real. City So Real. Okay. And yeah, if you have Hulu, that. it's available on Hulu. It's on the National Geographic channel, but all that's on Hulu. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that I did. I mean, uh-huh. you know, I was, we were pretty, um, I guess the numbers were lower at that point and it was like a, you know, everybody gets tested and, but mm-hmm. I was like sleeping in the studio yeah. for the most part and like kind of like isolated up there and like, 
there, you know, we really didn't get out a whole lot. Um, but it was sort of on the, it was in this um, kind of interstitial period between um, the riots and, or the protests and everything kind of going on in the wake of, um, you know, all that. And, and then this kind of, when the focus was shifting toward like the election, I guess, mm-hmm. like in the political, greater political picture of things. Um, so it was this weird kind of transitional time. That's even, it's like hard to, I mean, so much has happened and like so many huge things have happened that it's hard to like remember exactly what every tiny arrow was like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do remember feeling like there was a, there was just a weird, weird, like, thickness in the air after you know everything i don't know it just felt so weird that all that momentum behind the protests was seeming to kind of like taper off a little and then like all these all this anxiety of the election was like washing in and it was just like a weird um you know like i remember rbg dying on one of the nights we were recording and it was just you know not that i was like heartbroken or anything but it was just just a weird moment you know it's like wow you know <laughs> i don't know um, but yeah, I can't say I, I was like tapped into anything, like as far as the neighborhood, um, you know, I don't know a lot about Chicago. I'd heard some things about Bridgeport, but, um, yeah, I didn't know that. Be I, I, lo- I absolutely love Bridgeport and I love the neighbor. Na- I used to live in the, the neighborhood next door in Pilsen and I used to work in the neighborhood next to Pilsen to the West called, uh, Little Village. And I used to work in the neighborhood to the West, uh, to the North of that called Lawndale. So I'm an intimately familiar with where you recorded that record and I love every aspect of it except the old school racism, which unfortunately is sort of a large aspect of it because it's just there and it's sad. And Chicago is the most segregated city in the country. And it's depressing because it's also my favorite city in the country and it's its biggest flaw. And I think this documentary, yeah, it really needs my plug. It was on like Obama's top 10 of 2020, but I'm the one who's going to really push it over the finish line. It's so, it's so worth your time. I love it. And yeah, yeah, I also realized I, it's I said uh, judgment, by the way. Yeah. Huh. I don't think Steve Jones would ever start any show with like Indiana sucks. Here's why. <laughs> it was a very objective uh, kind of intro. No, it's, um, I also I think I said I didn't mean to say riots earlier. I apologize for that. I didn't mean to. I meant protests. Um, but uh, just so I say that. Well, yeah. no, it's OK, because. Uh, <sighs> It's not necessarily the wrong word, even though it's not the reality, because if X amount of outlets, really well-known outlets like the Chicago Tribune are saying riots, well, then that's the term, even though it doesn't fit the definition of a riot. Also, what is your definition of a riot? So we're using loaded language to describe things that are very difficult to describe without loaded language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how the how it's like reflected back at us you know in media and whatever else kind of dictates in a way how we kind of remember uh, the immediate past yeah why did you decide to record uh in chicago in august it was really um i mean um my friend seth um who i worked with a little bit um before that was you know had a studio out there i was moving out there around the same time i was getting ready to start this job and um i had like i knew i had a little period before i had to begin and um it just kind of made sense timing wise and um you know i had like a handful of songs and i was just like oh great this you know this works out and um 
it was, you know, everything just kind of fell into place. It was really nice to be able to just get out of, you know, kind of like just pour yourself into something and not really have to think about everything going on for about a week. <laughs> yeah, so I totally get fun. that. I totally get yeah. that. Now, now where, where were you living in D.C. or the area before you went to record the record? I was in Southeast, like, uh, right by RFK. Okay. Um, so you were intimately familiar then with the way the summer of D.C. played out from the middle of May until pretty much still going on because there's still barbed wire everywhere. Um, do, do you find that people talk about the national government politics in general differently um, in D.C. versus Bloomington or to a lesser extent Chicago? Um, well, it's hard to say because I, you know, I see so few. Sure. Sure. Here. Of course. Of um, course. I'm not asking yeah. you to speak for three separate cities, <laughs> but just in your limited experience, because not everyone's moved from DC to, um, a red state. Yeah. It was, I mean, quite a culture shock, you know, I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was going, I mean, I remember not long before we moved, there was the national guard was parked like outside of our apartment, mm -hmm. like just on these tour buses. And they would like, you know, be on the lawn outside our place every morning. And we'd have to like walk by them and, you know, people posted up everywhere. And there was really this urgency, just, I mean, a sense of, I mean, you were there, you're there. And um, yeah, like the sense that like something's going to give, Oh yeah, this is it. Like, this is like the revolution. Like we're going to just, you know, it was like so tense. There's fireworks going off every night, all this crazy shit. Um, and then, yeah, when we came out here, it was just like all of that. Just, I, I would like look out and be like, where's the M16s? Like, yeah. what's, <laughs> you know, like what, what happened? Um, yeah, it was such a, such a major difference in the just level of, uh, engagement in those issues, I would say, I mean, like there's just, I, I don't know, it, like around the school, there was still some stuff when, when we, when we came up, um, you know, by and large, I mean, it didn't feel, it's a red state, you know, I mean, yeah. it's surrounded by Trump country. And, um, so but it's also the, another difference is it's surrounded by literal country. Like how, how far do you have to drive to hit the country? Not far at all. No, yeah. I mean, you know, like five minutes. And that matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like cornfields in every direction. I mean, yeah. Like... So I'd like to point out that you're like, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. There's cornfields in every direction. <laughs> hey, man. How, how was the period between um, the election and the inauguration in Indiana? Because I... I it, we're still not far enough away from it, but I might say that that period was actually maybe as tense as the summer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it didn't feel that way here. You know, yeah. it didn't, I'm glad. I mean, I'm very glad. Yeah. It was kind of just this, I don't know being, I mean, Bloomington, like I would, yeah. Are you familiar with like Tacoma park? I'm, I literally live on the last block of Tacoma Park. Yeah. So DC. Bloomington is like the Tacoma Park of the Midwest, I would yeah. say. Um, so it was just like there was so much like lib joy, you know, after like the after the election that was like, you know, just like people like 
on their front lawns with boom boxes like dancing separately just like corny shit like that um, that's nice kind of yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was like that kind of vibe um and and there was the, i mean there was yeah i think around the the capital riots and um you know that that whole the, the the election protests and all this kind of stuff going on um there's that word again but um <laughs> the uh uh there the, yeah there was i mean we were definitely worried you know i mean it was uh you know definitely tense but not i mean not nearly as much as i'm sure like being there you know uh, so yeah I wouldn't have agree- I wouldn't have said what I said except for January 6th happened and I happened to be recording the show in the basement where I live so I couldn't see oh, anything yeah. and my kid was napping so people are texting me like throughout 2 hours like straight of recording I'm like yeah everything's fine what are you talking about because by that point I had been so used to hearing sirens and helicopters and everything for like 6 months you know what I mean mm-hmm. and and then my kid woke up from his nap. So like, I still hadn't turned on the news or anything. And my wife was working from home and she's in, she's in her office. She's like, the shit's really bad. I'm like, whatever. And so I watched the kid and we were supposed to like go to get him shoes that day. Right. Um, hmm. And uh, like my wife didn't leave her office for like four, three or four hours. And I was like, I guess it's bad, whatever. And I'm like, oh, the mayor's speaking. But the mayor had been speaking relatively consistently due to coronavirus stuff. So I was like, I'll try to watch that. But I couldn't watch that because, like, the kid was screaming, right? So, like, it took probably 48 hours to really understand the scope of this thing. And Mm -hmm. my wife is a reporter that worked on Capitol Hill. So, like, I came Uh, off of this, like, like it was 9-11, and I only had heard about the plane in the field crashing, where I was like, it's probably an accident, whatever. (laughs) Like, it's not uh a big deal. It's so funny, too, because you're just used to such a high level of, like, crisis all the time that, like, oh, okay, helicopter, whatever. Like, (laughs) where I was like, oh, no, no, I read the room wrong. I was wrong. It's bad. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just like crying wolf every, Mm -hmm. you know, just constantly for a year. (laughs) Do you hope to tour this record? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I... I don't, I don't like touring. <laughs> cool. It's, it's fun in small doses, but um, I've never been like a road dog or, you know, like it, it's fun when you're younger, but like I'm kind of old now and yeah. um, it's just a weird lifestyle. I would like to play shows and, um, you know, I have, uh, we did a little like live session um, a couple of weeks ago in chicago actually again that was fun um so that was like the closest i've gotten to playing live but yeah it'd be great to like play regionally and maybe do some like shorter tours and um if the opportunity presents itself i could do a longer one but it's kind of hard with you know just logistics and everything and um yeah i don't know if and when that would be possible and like how that would look yeah you know i mean it's not like mr goblin is playing red rocks or anything so no but you are in a college town and i wouldn't be shocked if like like live music is there way before it's in dc yeah that's probably true i mean you know like just kids in basements or yeah you know little venues and things like that would probably be or even outdoor things yeah yeah so it's possible but um yeah how's the how's the masking situation um very different town to town 
Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is, Bloomington. Are, are the stereotypes what I'm thinking true? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. We can leave it at that. Um, <laughs> you don't have to tell me because it's your life, obviously, and it's a HIPAA violation thing, but how had how were you able to get the vaccine so quickly? Oh, I'm, well, I work in uh, the healthcare. There you um, go. Yeah. Good for you? Yeah. Are you happy? I'm trying to be. Do you um, feel guilty saying you're happy during a global pandemic? I think if I were happy, I would. Oh, okay. So you're not. <laughs> not <happy. laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not unhappy. I mean, I have a lot to be grateful for. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I mean, it's hard on everyone, but it's less hard on me than it is for many people. And it's kind of easy to forget the, um, perks of my life in the pandemic i mean like i was talking to somebody about this earlier like there's like five boxes and if you check all the boxes you're like okay you know but if one of them like if you have a kid for example or if you you know lost your job or like if you you know i mean just like then it's just like so much more taxing i would think um you know yeah well you know how are you are you are you happy Fuck no, but I'm not miserable either. I'm hopeful. I'm incredible. My dominant emotion right now is hope. Good, good. And um, but I also believe hope is a choice. So <laughs> it's not like it's not happenstance. But um, yeah, I'm very hopeful because um, having that having a small person in your life, like you, you could easily go into a downward spiral with or without them. But I, I think that it's forced me to not be able to do that. And and like. <laughs> November or something, maybe even October, maybe September, I bought a Mr. Rogers calendar and I also bought a page a day Mr. Rogers calendar. So like I have two different Mr. Rogers calendars that I look at every day. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not joking, man, that stuff helps. And yeah. talking to folks like you and it's really, really helpful. It helps give perspective because of the people that were part of that live show, like some are thriving and some are miserable and some have gone through addiction and some are in their best shape of their lives. And there's no one way. And some of this is going to happen no matter what. Some of this is only happening to the pandemic. And it's just a, it's a really good reminder that um, your world is as small or as big as you want it to be. And it could be a lot worse and it could be a lot better. And you could always try to make a little bit better. So I'm hopeful. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's a great attitude to have. And and it is cool. Yeah, it's cool that you're kind of circling back with everyone and checking back in. That was so fun. I mean, I wish I could have stuck around more, but it did, it seemed like this really cool vibe of like, you know, people come through and like doing their thing. And they obviously everyone was kind of like connected to you and the guy. Here's the thing, you weren't connected to me. I had wanted you to play the show like a long time ago. And like, I didn't have a reason to invite you back again until this thing. So I had just liked your music and we had never met. Yeah, that's true. I guess I was the outlier, huh? Yeah, you're the outlier. <laughs> there, I think there's two or three other folks from that specific show that were brand new. But like, that's the thing. That's why I do the show, right? And it's very difficult to do that not in a room together. So I've had, I've done the most amount of shows of my life in 2020, but the amount of new guests has been the least amount ever. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So it sucks. Like I'm. 
I'm making very, very, very few new friends, but I'm more connected to the old people than ever before. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a Mr. Rogers quote about that, I believe. There has to be, right? <laughs> and we're new friends. I mean, I, you know. I'm, I'm excited for the new record. Um, yeah. I hope to one day see you again in the same room. Um, I'm not joking. It will probably be in Chicago. And um, yeah. So I'll see you in Chicago. Maybe this come summer. No, fuck you. You should come <laughs> to Chicago. You know it's better. There's a reason you're doing live sessions in Chicago and not Bloomington. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I just, I don't, I know why I hate that state. So I can't even be like, I don't know why. It's like, no, no, I don't like that state. It's not good. You don't have a football team, you don't have a hockey team. Pacers are fine. I'm not going to shit on the Pacers, but uh, yeah, you're an inferior state. I'm happy that you have a job, and <laughs> I'm happy <laughs> that your partner is getting to reconnect with some old friends. Yeah, yeah. Congrats on the new record, man. Well, thanks, bud. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I wish all the best to you and your family and uh, your, your little guy, and yeah, I hope to see you again someday um, in Chicago, I guess. You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at youmethemeverybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody. Com. Our Patreon page is on our About page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping. Friends and family, I'll be keeping.